Welcome back to Following Know It On a Stormlight Podcast. This week is episode 87, and we have opened part five of Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. Paul, how are you? How am I? I don't know. Maybe I'll figure that out as we go. I am hoping you can help me. All right. Elliot, how are you? I, I'm the deer in the headlights, the drinking from the Sanderlanch fire hose. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. We, we were warned. We were warned about part five of Oathbringer, and it is living up to expectations. It's where we are right now is like, you know, there's the like structure or layout for a story or a movie, right? Where it's like whatever intro, you know, storyline, and it has a little like mountaintop that's the climax and then the big like decline. And I think we're at the like tip of the mountain. Like, honestly, like it's not, th- it's pretty crazy, but it's not like that crazy yet. Like you, you can tell it's we're leading up to a point or at the point. It's right here. It's the point's like, here and we're about to about like about to tip off the edge of the roller coaster you know i shared this that's what i think i shared this chapter split with our our patreon supporters before i released it to you guys and the my feedback i got was man you're mean like (laughs) this is (laughs) this is the worst cliffhanger you could ever have at the end of uh 116 but here we are one of our uh one of our supporters uh ranksk check out his youtube channel um he (laughs) he made a comment which i thought was hilarious and he was like i think like holding off reading and ending on the cliffhangers in part five of oathbringer is the punishment used to like torment the heralds in damnation (laughs) that's like the severity (laughs) Who's on who's on our mug, Paul? Our mug. Let me show you our mug. I'm really excited to share this. Look at this. Okay. So I don't know uh, before I show it off. When we started this podcast, we commissioned a, a lovely piece of art which kind of shows the landscape of Roshar a bit with a high storm. And there's three little people over there. That's us. That's the three of us right there. Um and we now have that on a mug. That's the high storm there, and you can go around. Mm. And very nice mug. I, I have very to say, nice. like, I, this is the best mug I own. Like actual mug. I don't know if you, you're not going to be able to really tell in there, but that's us right there. We're three little specks. Uh, if you have the mug in person, you can see it a little better. But very cool mug, very awesome mug. And uh, we do not have a new support on the mug this week, so I wanted to show off our new mug which is part of our Light Eyes bundle for supporters of, I believe, Shardbearer tier. Yes, for the Shardbearer or higher tier. So, super awesome mug. Um, Here's to following Know It On and our artwork that we have now. So, very awesome. I have my own here as well, but it it came chipped. In in oh. the mail, so I kept this one well, for no. myself. So I have chip, and you don't. Mine's special, haha. Yeah, one of a kind. <laughs> exactly, literally a one of a kind mug. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's a little leaky. That's oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what are your two words to summarize this episode, Paul? My two words to summarize this episode are knowledge and void people. It's a hyphenated. Nope, just one word. Void people. Oh, okay. It's like Voidbringer. 
Void people. So like, yeah, void people, void spread. Okay, Elliot. To to do justice to the very large events in these chapters, I had to find some very large words. So my words are prognostication and unaccompanied. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm googling this. All right, let's look up these four words and talk about the bringer. Do not ask me how to spell that. Would you like me to read the definition of prognostication? I would, yes, go. According to Google, prognostication, a noun. The action of foretelling or prophesying future events. Indeed. I learned something today. I did too. Well. All right, Elliot, what does it mean? Within the context of the story. Paul, Paul just told us what it, what it means, but it was the longest word I could, I could come up with that had to do with foretelling the future. And we have a moment in these chapters where Shalon reminds us to beware of anyone who claims to to see the future or foretell the future. And we've we've been told that before, but Shalon reminds us again after the events of this these couple chapters. That has a whole new meaning for me, and we'll talk about it when we when we get to it. My second word. I was trying to use the word alone, which I feel like is cheating a bit because that's the title of one of these. Cha- chapters, but there were so many references in not just that chapter, but the other chapters we read as well this week about standing alone or or going into something alone. So unaccompanied was the most letters I could string together that mean alone. And Paul? My words. Um, Void people, I'll start there, is for, surprisingly, all the void people, if you want to call them that, that we see. Uh, we see at the end Amaram and his people in their saddiest coats um, as fused with red eyes. It's, it depicts them with red eyes in Surge Binding, so I'm assuming that they're fused and evil. Um, also, what is the deal with Renarin? <laughs> what is the deal with Renarin? This is my biggest question right now. The biggest thing that, like, I actually... I listened to this like in the car, right? And I I was like gasping for air whenever it was like it shows Yasna and she like is approaching Renarin, sees a sprint, and summons her shard blade in chapter one fifteen and I was like No, no what oh hold on. That was that was easily my biggest moment. And I I also thought the end of the split was at one fifteen and I was just Whatever. Uh, anyways, and then so, you read one sixteen, and she gets like two steps closer, and that's it. Yes, she's like <laughs> mm, bad sprint, and then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, nothing else happened. But that is easily my biggest thing. I'm like, what the heck is gonna happen there? I'm guessing he's bonded a void sprint. I don't know how that happens, but I'm guessing same thing as Amram. Um, I need the like whiteboard with all the like, you know strings right now but yeah void people what was your second word uh knowledge oh i totally forgot um (laughs) knowledge is i could 
I don't know if I could really find a good word to summarize what I was meaning with this, uh, but it is with Yasna, because Yasna knew that the sprint was wrong. Like, she knew this, and, like, no one else had any has any idea. Like, no one else knows the things Yasna knows, and I don't fully understand why or how. Like, it's almost, it seems like she is, like, a Hoyd, like, she's on, like, Hoyd's level of, like, knowing everything ever in the world. How everything works and stuff. And I don't get it. Because we know she's not, like, an ancient thing like Hoyd. But... So, this is definitely a rereader thing. But throughout this entire book, Yasna has been taking notes on different Spren. And, like, she's been sitting in your Thiru and taking notes on different people's Spren and asking you know, can I see your shard blade so I can, so Shalon can sketch it, that type of thing. And Renarin has always conveniently not been there. And she specifically said, hey, I need to go sketch Renarin's spren, and he leaves. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, like, super obvious to, to see when you're reading it, but she has been collecting, like, truth like she's been trying to find a good truth watcher spren and renarin has not been willing to show her his spren if you go back and reread but yeah i was confused by this because i thought there was a moment we did see renarin's spren and i have to go back and reread it maybe it was a little bit kind of misleading there and that we thought we were seeing a spren and we weren't but i I could have sworn there was a moment where we were like, oh, yeah, Prism of Light. That's the Truth Watcher Spren thing. What you are referring to is one of those recorded gemstones in the wall of what a Truth Watcher Spren is supposed to look like. And mm. at, and that is what you are remembering. Of, it looks like a prism. Is It's one of those little gemstones like from the old Night's Radiant thing. And that is not what Renarin has. Yeah, I was I was going to say I thought this too, but I I did remember that we were told a description of a lightweaver spren. We didn't we've never had like the Truth point of view of like oh yeah, sorry. Did I say night watcher? You said lightweaver. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> I'm just frazzled right now. Um we have never seen a truth watcher spren. Um but we did get that description. But yeah, we've never had like a Renarin point of view interacting i've been waiting for that because i've been really curious to see about a truth watcher spren but here we are and and the description that it gives in i believe chapter 15 is wrong it says it's like shining light like upward or something and it's like red and stuff very void spren-esque so i don't know what this means i'm hoping that somehow you can cast the Spread out and not hurt Renarin himself, but I don't know. We'll see. Did you guys catch the point of view characters at the title of part five? Oh, I the, like I was list of twelve. A big deal about it. Yeah. Let me read them again for you. The Knights Radiant, Ash, Navani, Adolin, Teravangian, Yanagon, Polona, Vire, and Wit. I know. Trevor. 
I, I literally listened to that like 12 times. Like I like in my audiobook, I couldn't <laughs> sit and look at it. And I was like, I need to know all these names. And so I played it back on. OK, I listened to my audiobook now at like one point five or one point seven times speed. I put it on one time speed, which felt so slow. It was the weirdest thing in the world. It felt like it was, every, the world was in slow motion. And I listened to that over and over. And I was at first confused because it doesn't say Dalinar. And I was like, okay, that's probably like, like the Night Radiant thing, summarizing them. But we don't know like half these people and things. Like, Also, Wit, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. So is this the part where you tell us who all those people are? No, I just wanted to bring it up because it's fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we, you see Yanagon's, or one of Yanagon's point of views in this yeah. episode, so, I mean, we'll, we'll get there. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I do want to talk about 114, because it's kind of its own thing before we jump into our action sequence of the rest of the book. Spoilers. All right. 114. We finally, you guys have been waiting for this for two books now of Dalinar visiting the Night Watcher. Dalinar finally visits the Night Watcher and he doesn't actually get his boon from the Night Watcher. So everybody who goes to the Night Watcher gets a boon and a curse from the Night Watcher, and everybody assumes that that's what Dalinar has is a boon and a curse. Dalinar's is slightly different. Do one of you guys want to pick this up and we can start talking about it? I sure will. Um, so, Dalinar goes and we see the Night Watcher. First, mm -hmm. we learn that the Night Watcher doesn't always like appear to everyone, right? Because um, some one of the people he's with goes and is like, "There's nothing here. There, no one, no one came." So he goes. We see the Night Can Watcher. Can I pause real quick? Yes. Who is that? Who's been here before and hasn't, and, and the, not, the Night Watcher doesn't, didn't appear? I listened to this less than an hour ago. What's his name? Know. His name is Felt, which meant nothing to me. Okay. Pause. Paul, listen up. Ellen frowned. An odd precaution for a simple craftsman's shop, I should think. Felt nodded. That's not the half of it, my lord. We, manned, we managed to sneak one of our best men to the building itself. We don't think he was spotted, but he had a remarkably difficult time hearing what's going on inside. What? <laughs> I think you broke him. I'm okay, so one, I'm trying to remember the context of that a little bit. Don't don't I don't go too far with it because okay. we'll we'll get there eventually with Elliot, but yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there for you. Okay. Okay. That, that was it's in the first book of Mistborn for you, Elliot. Okay. Interesting. Alright, anyway, keep going, Paul. Okay, I did not think that would be a notable person. I was like, this is just insert character here who doesn't see the Night Watcher. Anyways, Felt doesn't see anything, doesn't talk to anyone, nothing happens. Dalinar goes, 
and the Night Watcher does come and is like, you know, what do you wish? I can make you wealthy. I can make you swing a sword endlessly and never grow tired. You know, I can do anything. And then I don't remember if he gives a wish. I believe he gives his wish. And then the cultivation, like like the god cultivation comes. It's like, that's too big for you, little Night Watcher, you know? Um, I'll handle this. Is that the right ordering? Yes. So okay. he he breaks down. He doesn't remember what he was originally going to ask for, and he asks for forgiveness. And it confuses the Night Watcher, and the Night Watcher says, w- w- what do you mean? I can give you stuff. Like, I could give you night blood, by the way. Did you guys catch That's that? True. Yes, yep. I did. Night, yeah. The Night Watcher has Nightblood with her and says, I could give you a sword that has never been beaten and bleeds black smoke. And then Dalinar's like, uh... And then the cultivation shows up. So yes, that is that is the order. I forgot for a moment that we were in the past here, and so... I didn't actually put that together that if we're trying to trace the the movements or the location of Nightblood, we could use this as evidence to say the Night Watcher has Nightblood at this period of time. I actually, when I read it the first time, took that to mean that the Night Watcher could like create another Nightblood or something like that. Mm-hmm. But no, that would make sense actually that that the Night Watcher maybe has access to Nightblood at this period of time, which could be important. The the much more important bit that I was getting out of all of this is <clears throat> exactly what Dalinar asks for, and that is forgiveness. And that is a minor, but for me, very important difference from what we've been assuming up until this point. We've I 100% agree with you. Keep going. And we've been assuming and have been mildly terrified, at least I have been, that Dalinar is going to get to this point and say, Mm -hmm. I've been a terrible person. I've done horrible things. Please take away all of those memories so I don't have to remember them. That's not what he asked for. He doesn't ask for that. He asked for forgiveness, which that's big. That's a big change in the motivation of what Dalinar is doing here. Now, there's the moment there where he says, like, he forgets what he was going to originally ask for, and so he asked for forgiveness. I'm curious what he was originally going to ask for. Maybe it was, hey, take away all my nasty memories. But the fact that he's taking a, a much more humble approach, a much more selfless approach of, he's not asking for to take away my pain. He's saying, I've done something terrible. Please give me forgiveness. And that's where the Night Watcher gets completely lost, like, uh... I, I I can't give you that. I don't know what that is. Right. I'm really... You said something very specific, which a lot of people will enjoy, but we'll keep going. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm curious, Paul, what, what were your... What, what was your kind of thought on this whole scene in general? Does this surprise or change anything you were thinking about Dalinar's journey here or is this kind of about what you were thinking we were going to get to so I thought it would be more of just a straight up focus on the Night Watcher I 
I mean, I wasn't expecting cultivation, but also whenever it happened, even with the description of the Night Watcher and the illusion we've gotten that the Night Watcher is kind of correlated to cultivation, it made sense. It kind of clicked for me. I was listening first time through and was like, okay, cultivation's on the scene. I'm really excited to hear what's happening, but I really liked this, um, to answer your question. I thought it was really awesome. Um, and a great way to start this part off. It, like, I couldn't wish for anything more, really. So, um, Cultivation does come. And there was something interesting, which... I don't think this will derail us, but, like... She says, oh, like, Son of Honor, Son of Odium. You know... I don't remember what she says after that, but she's very distinct to that. She says, you know, we hear son of honor used often, mm -hmm. right? But not both. And that confused me, but I kind of was like, oh, it's. My brain wants to say, oh, it's probably not that deep. It's just whatever. <laughs> but my knowledge of the Stormlight Archive and Brandon Sanderson's writing tells me that that is everything that this is groundbreaking huge and like is literally where my mind went whenever i heard that is i remember when dalinar like used what was it an oath gate or whatever and the stormfather wouldn't let him summon as a shard blade but he summoned something was it an odium blade is he also bound to odium somehow and just did he summon the thrill? Like, did he summon cultivation? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's happening anymore. But that's that's the only thing I could think of with that. And it and it goes further that he's called Son of Odium, or he's called Son of Honor, Son of Odium. And then, as cultivation is kind of like figuring out what she's gonna do, she says she says this. It will do me well to have a part of you, even if you ultimately become his. You were always bound to come to me. I control all things that can be grown, nurtured. So I'm now thinking, okay, we know he has a bond with the Stormfather and through that sort of kind of honor. We've had hints that perhaps there's some kind of bond going on with Odium or with the Thrill or some sort of, maybe in the past, maybe it's still in the present as well. Is he also now having some sort of bond with Cultivation through this event that we're seeing right here? We also know that he's a Bondsmith, which are supposed to be, you know, one of those for each of the three gods. But now I'm thinking, is Dalinar going to be like, all three Bondsmith in one? Because he's got ties to all three now. Like, what? Where is this going to go? I mean, unite them. Am I right? Like, <laughs> you know? Wow. That wow. Was, that's, what I was, that's genuinely what I was thinking. Like, Take, not necessarily Taking the unite to, them like, too unite. far and, oops, I united yeah. <laughs> all, I the, all the shards. Oops. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was definitely thinking about that, Elliot, and just like, what what would that mean? Like, what does that what does that do? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, what what happens when you summon 
three different shard blades from three different sh- deities? Like what? I just don't know. I've don't got know. a blue one, and I've got a green one, and I've got a red yeah, one. Red. <laughs> He's got a little collection on his wall, you know. Yeah. Go ahead and go with green today. Green lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, if this... anyone is going to do it, it's our bondsmith, right? We, I feel like we, we really haven't seen the like full extent of a bondsmith. I'm assuming. I'm also hoping because like we've seen Dalinar do some neat stuff, understand languages, enter these visions and stuff, right? But I'm, I'm hoping for something more grand. Come the end of his book, so that would be really cool if he was like the tri. He had like a triforce of. Courage, wisdom, yeah. and power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, this was a this was a big chapter. I don't know if there, there's a couple other things I was going to mention, Trevor. Unless you were going to no. Go ahead. Some. Go ahead. The. I, I was going to talk about the importance of what Dalinar is doing here. I was going to talk about the same thing. So yeah. And the process of like what cultivation has done to him and how it plays into his character because first off we had assumed or we were questioning previously the night watcher magic we were we were kind of confused why dalinar was regaining his memories and we were like if that was the night watcher's curse why is he getting it back we don't have any you know, examples of that elsewhere. Well, we get that answered here. It wasn't Night Watcher magic that really he's under. It was like a separate thing through through cultivation. And the memories coming back was intentional. Cultivation says that I'm going to prune away your memories and they're going to regrow. They're going to come back. But the the section where she talks about what she's going to do, she says, I'm not going to change who you are. I'm not going to change your weaknesses. I'm not going to change your ability to deal with this. What I'm going to do is prune you. I'm going to take away these memories to let you grow, and then you're going to remember those memories later on, which is a really interesting process. And I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Like, is that cheating? You know, if I need to grow as a person, if you come in and and delete my memories of terrible things that I've done so that I can learn to be better, like, I don't know. We we, we talked maybe a little bit in the past of like, is Dalinar asking for all his terrible memories to be removed, you know, a a cheating? And does it create a false version of who he is? Well, we've now just discovered the reality, and it's slightly different than that. Does that still mean that the Dalinar we knew 100 pages ago is a fake? I'm not sure how to answer that quite yet, but it's definitely closer to no than it would have been if it had been, hey, take away all the bad things I did in my past so I don't have to think about them. That's a lot of thought of just me spewing some of my my brain processing, but I, I still think I need to to think about this more and maybe hopefully get a few more down on our flashback chapters to to help continue this, but maybe not. I I do think it's really important to remember that at the very end of this chapter the the price of the pruning is him losing evie in his memories that is the that is the cost the 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 name of the chapter is the cost that's not why he goes 
and that's not what he asked for is to remove Evie from my from my memory. That is the price of the pruning is removing Evie from his memory. And he almost doesn't let her do it. Um, he hesitates for a second, says, wait, and he's, he's got vines literally stabbing him through the chest at that point. And he says, wait, I'm going to lose everything from her. And she says, yes, but it will regrow later. And he says, okay, do it. And that's the cost of his, is him losing memories of his wife. That's not what he asked for. So I think maybe at the end of this book, we might have to revisit this this conversation since this is Dalinar's book. Unless there's a relevant moment between now and the end of the book for us to talk about it. But I do want to revisit this once we've got the rest of this book under our belt is what does this mean? What what does this journey that Dalinar's been mean for his character? Because I, I think it needs more discussion and it needs more analysis, but I want to read more before I before I do it. Did you guys pick up the visuals of the Night Watcher? Just as a side note, super weird. Like, <laughs> since she had like hands coming out of like the sides of her head and yep. stuff, yeah. And she like touches him with the, all the hands. It's like, yeah. How can I help you? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I almost thought of like a Medusa sort of like character. It was it was it was interesting. Yeah. I did just think of one more thing actually that was relevant at the beginning of this chapter. This is going to tie back into my prognostication word. Downer has a vision of the future in the first part of this chapter. And it's a little bit unclear about what exactly he's seeing because he seems to be seeing a future that's like maybe a possible future that doesn't come into play. It like shows him completely conquering all of Roshar and kind of the bloodthirsty get my way through violence all the time Dalinar which we know that's not what he becomes but I'm I'm hypersensitive now to any sort of see the future so I'm kind of going to stick a pin in this and say hold on Dalinar just had a vision of the future we know not to trust anything that comes from the future doesn't so... he like doesn't he like kill Elokar in that vision and take yes. the throne yeah Yep. Yep. And then he just like rampages across the entirety of Roshar. Yeah. Which doesn't happen. So it's different from like someone claiming to see the future and hey, this is going to happen. We're going to do this. But it's still the future. So I'm going to remember this. 